You're listening to the Fire in a Hole podcast with Richard and Jason, available on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, and a cast. If you want to keep the show free and help us keep the lights on, please rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes. If you have ideas for the show, we'd like to come on the show, uh, don't hesitate to drop us a line at Podcast at gmail.com. That's Podcast at gmail.com. Thank you for listening and enjoy the show. Today on the show, we have Mr. John St. Goddard. Uh, John is a stand-up comic and returning guest to Fire in the Hole. Uh, we opened the show by talking about poop and pooping for some reason. And then we talked about French elections, um, the Colbert controversy over homophobic remarks, and of course, all things comedy. You can find John on Facebook. The link is in the description. And you can find him on Twitter at, at, uh, at st underscore g-o-d-a-r-d. He's got some shows coming up, so tonight, Monday, he'll be at the Comedy Works. Wednesday, he'll be hosting at the Comedy Nest. And Friday, he's got a couple of sets for the Queer Show at the Comedy Works. And later that night, he'll be at Comedy at the Art Loft. So without further ado, please welcome back to Fire in the Hole, Mr. John St. Goddard. Now, this is what Clinton didn't understand when he started in on school prayer and gays in the military. All <laughs> right for you. Now, there's an idiotic issue, gays in the military. I mean, those haircuts, those uniforms, who cares? <laughs> you shouldn't be talking about things you don't know about. Val, don't patronize your mother. She's an amazingly intelligent woman. You know, I think homosexuality... A lot more ice for you. Lots more ice, Dad. One of the things that's weakening this country. Really? You know, that's what I thought until I found out Alexander the Great was a fag. Talk about gays in the military. How about those dolphins, huh? Fire in the hole. Feels good to... to Fire oh. in the hole. Yeah. Oh, hi, John. <laughs> Hello. I didn't see you there. Excuse me? Are you our guest today? Yes. Welcome. It feels good to sit down. It feels like we haven't done an actual episode uh, in a while. Hmm. Yeah, we uh, skipped a week. Yeah. So this is the first time we've ever dropped the ball in that sense. Although technically hmm. we, did, we did our best. We did. But life happened. So It happens. We'd like to apologize to the the four people that are <laughs> always listening. That's so funny. I was just thinking that. I was like, I wonder how many listeners they have. We do have quite a few, but it's oh, true. Nice. We, there are four of them that are, and we know that if we, the episode doesn't land, they uh, their life is diminished. I feel like we need a we need to That's give cool. a, a personal apology to Mark Delil. Personal, yeah, Mark Delil definitely. The, the, sorry, Mark. Sorry, Mark. <laughs> we dropped the ball. We were, we really did. We're going to try harder next time. We're picking up the ball right now <laughs> in a, in a uh, uh, commanding fashion with uh, none other than Mr. John St. Goddard. Right. <laughs> Welcome, sir. Mm. I feel like, I Good feel to like be back. you need to talk about what, what, what happened on the way here to just to like feel better about it. I lost my wallet in the Westmont Square washroom. Mm. I popped in for a dump <laughs> and... Walked out of the the stall mm-hmm. and went through Westmont Square and got through the little tunnel to go to the metro. And as I'm walking, I just you know no. check my pocket. Yeah, and 
I, so I ran back. It wasn't more than five minutes. Five minutes tops. Mm-hmm. And when I got out of the bathroom, there was a man standing outside the bathroom because his wife and kid were in the woman's across. And I was like, I went in and looked. Not there. Oh, shit. shit. So I came out and I said, did anyone go in the bathroom? And he's like, no, I didn't see anyone. Um, so you know, I checked my pants and I thought maybe it was in the leg. Uh, and then I finally saw a security guard and, and waved him down and he radioed to the security office and they had it almost uh, kissed that's, him. That's pretty fast. Yeah. That's like, uh, that, that someone's on the, like, you were either very lucky and he was patrolling. Well, it wasn't even the security that found it. Some oh. other dude went in there that I think works there. Oh. And he immediately just gave it to the office. Well, that, that's so that's really nice. Super lucky. Oh, yeah. I was like, okay, what's in there? It made me realize how, uh, card. how the human brain works when you lose something, right? You go for the obvious places where you usually keep that item. And then you go through them again and it's still not there. And you go through them the third time. And instead of just going like, okay, fuck it, where else could be? You start to like question reality. You're like, right. what if magical thinking? What if it's in my pant leg? <laughs> right. And I check my. I, I frisked myself like twice. What if? What if it's 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 glued to my back and I can't reach it? It's exactly in the middle of my back. Dude, I would have. I would have. Yeah, you start one, to imagine- one place I didn't look. I like, now I feel bad. <laughs> but then when you don't, you're like, no, there's absolutely no chance. And this is my pant leg. It's in my fucking pant leg. How did it get here? Like, yeah, right. When you don't consider those possibilities, you're like, yeah. oh yeah, it was behind your shoe, and it's the same color as your shoe. That's that's why you. You, you just get the cold sweats and like the your like hearts in your throat. Yeah. usually. it's like those wasn't, I was kind of in denial about. Well, no, I wasn't because I was starting to think, okay, well, who do I have to call? My Metro Pass is the first thing I thought of. My Visa card. Yeah. Mm, what else? A health card. Health card. Yeah, that, all the 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 ones that are a pain in the ass to to replace. Right. Stand in line for. And, and you stuff. never. Yeah, and you never want to like spend money on something you've already spent money on. True. Mm. Right. Yeah. Metro It'll card. all be solved when we get chipped. <laughs> Like our pets. I like that you didn't say yeah. like when we have the technology, we get chipped, get like chipped. full on, like just like police state, <laughs> and it's and it's gotta hurt too. It's gonna be like ah, next, yeah. no god, yeah, because we get we get coded like 1984 style. Yeah, it's only yeah. a matter of time. Yeah, True. losing your wallet sucks. Um, Finding it's great. <laughs> other things I find interesting about be. this story, yeah, it is. Is you're like oh fuck yeah, um, <sighs> is the the fact that you are able to take dumps in the public restrooms. I, I admire that in people. Well, it's Westmont Square, right? For sure. So, no, but, I, and, and you know, a, I'm, I didn't want to get on the metro. It could be a, like the, accident. like a five-star hotel, <laughs> public bathroom. I have a problem with public bathrooms and get, getting my groove on in there. Do you? Like, I can't do it. I have a problem with Grumpy's bathroom. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I can a, see that. Yeah. That's a bit much. Westmont Square, is, the toilets are made of gold. Of gold. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. right. Oh. How does the gold make you feel better about what's going on? I don't know. I think, but I think I've traced it back to a childhood memory. I think because uh, my mom sent me to camp, um, like uh, one of those two-week affairs in the in the woods with like uh, Sun Youth or one of those organizations. And mm. my poor mother, being an immigrant, did not understand that it was the secret camp that they sent the bad kids to. Oh, she no. didn't know that's where I'll all say, the sh- So is that good for you or bad? <laughs> it was terrible because I was a, a like a little, you were a good kid? A little kid with like the combed hair and like didn't swear. How old? First grade, so I must have been eight. <laughs> oh, shit. You were there to be reprogrammed? No, it, it was the camp where literally like, I can't stand this little fucker anymore. 
<laughs> Send him to Sun Youth, right? But it doesn't, in the pamphlets, it's all like, come and have fun. Da, 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 da. Like, it has that image. Two imagery. weeks? Two weeks. But there's Did bars in the window. Did you try to leave after one or a couple of days? Uh, after a couple of days, I was I got on the phone and crying with my mother to asking her to come and get me. And she was just like, well, just, honey, you, I can't. I'm working. You got to hang in there. I'll be good. <laughs> <laughs> I got, okay, I got, I started to get bullied on the bus there. That's when the first bully came after me. Like, I wasn't a bullied kid, but the bully came after me. Because being that it's all shitty kids, uh, they were of various ages, right? Like, mm-hmm. all those, like, held back ages, right? So, there was these, like, tall, like, third grade, first graders. I like this. <laughs> if you could see his hand way above his yeah. head. <laughs> third graders. Yeah. Uh, uh, th- third, third grade, first graders. And uh, I think the <laughs> first guy already on the bus was like, why do you have a sleeping bag? <laughs> and I'm like, you don't have one? You think you're cool because you have a sleeping bag? And I'm like, Jesus Christ, what, what's going on here? It was, uh, wow, it was brutal. Wow, you remember it. Like, wow. Yeah, it was, it was weird. Uh, the first week was hell because, and then this, is, this ties into the bathroom thing. Give me that cornbread. <laughs> Give me that cornbread. Give me that cornbread. Give me that cornbread. That's my cornbread. That's my cornbread. <laughs> you bring me all your cornbread now. So the toilet was a typical camp ground affair where we had like the bunk houses. I keep gesturing like people can see this. And the bathrooms had these doors that if you sat on the can, it only really covered you from your knees to your like your chin. Like it didn't go all the way down. And it was held there by like a rickety, like a little hook. So <laughs> very quickly, everyone's favorite game became wait till somebody goes for a shit and then like storm <laughs> the stall. Like 20 kids, just like like Vikings, just like bum rushing and then like slapping the guy in the head, pulling his ears. And you're just like, hell, and you're trying, <laughs> trying to take a dump. And I didn't, this didn't happen to me. I saw this happen to another kid and I didn't take a dump. <laughs> For three days. For three days. <laughs> I held it in. I was so terrified. Then I finally figured out, like, wait, there's forest. I could just I could just go behind the in the woods. And I started doing that. Uh, I could go on and on about this, but the point is public like public public restrooms. No, I don't trust them. <laughs> you clearly do. Yeah, I don't have. You, to, no one sent no. you to camp, or, or maybe Flimflon people were not were not as brutal. Flimflon was camp. Was camp? It's true. Yeah. yeah. What's the What's the population there? No, it's maybe, I don't know, maybe four or five thousand. Okay, it's up really to twelve or maybe fifteen in the seventies, but it's, yeah. So wow. Okay. We had running water though. Yeah, for sure. You needed it. Actually, the 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 sewage. The sewage lines ran down. The, it was built on a rock, like various rocks, right? Uh-huh. And the sewage lines ran down the rocks covered by boxes. It's very attractive in the fall. Mm. <laughs> that's, that's, <laughs> the sewage, yeah. Wow. Yeah. It sounds like, uh, what's the thing, the, the thing in Dubai? The, the sewage oh, yeah. trucks? Have you seen this, these no. videos? Uh, so apparently Dubai is a, is a lie. It's a Dubai lie. <laughs> and... It's like this shining beacon of technology, but apparently it, it has no sewers. It it has no proper sewage system. Okay. Uh, and all the all they do is they commission like five thousand sewage trucks to like ship out all the poop from the city. And there's people that have taken videos. It's like they're driving on the highway and they're like following the snake of trucks that just goes on for kilometers. Just kilometers and kilometers and kilometers. Because, of course, gasoline, I guess, is not a problem there. 
Hmm. But poop is. <laughs> sure is. So, Flim Flon, still better than Dubai. Ha, 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 ha. <laughs> Could we Dubai. put that on Would like I? the... On the on the on the touristic <laughs> <Flynn Flon. laughs> it's better to than Flon. Dubai, home of Bobby Clark, and better than <laughs> better Dubai. Than Dubai. <laughs> so how you doing, man? How you been? I'm okay. I'm kind of burnt out, actually. Yeah. Um, yeah, a little bit of a basket case. It's the end of the year at school. Um, burning the candle at both ends, doing lots of stand up, and you know, looking after Marcel at yeah. home. Is he? How's he doing? He's doing. Yeah, right? he's oh, he's yeah. okay. He's okay. Uh, he's okay. But the Parkinson's has you know, it's gaining on him. Yeah. So, he, can he can he smoke? Can he smoke marijuana? Can he take marijuana? Uh, he's tried, but he doesn't. He has asthma too. Okay. So, like, he's never. We, I think he was a smoker a long, long time ago. But mm-hmm. when he mm-hmm. smoked, what did he smoke? Hash or something? It was just too much for him. He hacked and hacked and hacked. And then he he's doing the uh, cannabis oil now. Mm-hmm. Um, oh yeah, you were saying. Yeah. But stopped for a while because it said he said it spaced him out too much. Then he went to Cannabis Sante the other day, and the doctor said uh, they're going to change the CBD-THC ratio. Hmm. Okay, so the THC is the euphoric uh, part of it, and uh-huh, the CBD, right. I think, is like central nervous system. So they're <laughs> dialing down the... The, 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 the THD, the THC, yeah. 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 Um, but right now, he's still got another bottle, and he's like, you know, he's... he's He's pretty tight. He's so he, but he's got a $90 <laughs> bottle of uh, one in one. It's exact. Uh, the ratio is CBD, THC equal one to one. And he wants to use it up. Like, And he wasn't using it. He wasn't going to use it. He was going to stop. And then he went to see the doctor at Cannabisante and they suggested that he use it. So he like, doctor said, back to <laughs> doctor like, orders. that kind of guy, yeah. My comrade. <laughs> yeah. I don't know how that relates. It's just, I wanted to say it again. So uh, kids, kids like giving you shit at school or? Uh, yeah, they're, they're pretty shitty. They've been pretty shitty. Like, not all of them, but uh-huh. they're, like, grade nine is fine until the end of grade nine, because they're almost grade 10, and grade 10 is the worst grade to are teach, they? in is my that experience. Officially, yeah. that's the Yeah, yeah. They are, yeah. They're, they're kind of, you know, they're not going to graduate, yet they're not grade nine either. They're kind of stuck in the middle, so they're a little bit, I don't know, it seems, it seems like they have to continuously prove themselves and be badasses. Oh, I see. So the grade nines are basically there because you know it's almost June. So they're right. they're basically grade ten. They're turning um, into the shittiest. They kids are, in and they've had enough of me. I've taught them for two years, and I've had enough of them. And I, I, you know, I had this kid, um, kind of like, kind of cute in a way, like a shaggy dog, a little bit. Sat right at the front, never said anything. But he was always up for a little <laughs> smile, and I'd tease him because he didn't know where he lived. Like he didn't know his address. He was in grade nine. Like he didn't remember it? No, he didn't know it. Like he knows where he lives, right? Obviously, because okay. he, he lives near me, near the Atwater Metro. But I was like, because I, I saw him and I'm like, oh, where do you live? And he's like, by the hospital. <laughs> what the fuck? And I was like, dude, what street? He's like, um, I'm not sure. By the park. Yeah, by the park. Oh, my so, goodness. And he just, I don't know, he got to a point where like, he doesn't write that well. Uh, he doesn't participate in class and he was getting to have some attitude. We we're having a discussion and I'm like, um, I forget what happened, but I just said to him, he said, it's right in front of me. And I said, dude, you're going to go to regular ESL because you're not cutting it, man. Mm-hmm. You're not, you're not doing the, he was failing tests and stuff. And he, uh, he got really pissed off and he came out to me after class and put his nose right in mine and said, the reason I don't talk in class is because I'm shy. Oh no! His face mm-hmm. right in mine. And I was like, "Oh, we have a, a new person here." Okay. <laughs> um, but on the one hand, I'm glad I rattled his cage because he, like, he woke up. 
Okay. So for better or worse, like I'm not really digging what I'm seeing of him, but he's also grade nine. So mm. parents are divorced, that whole thing. Uh, um, and so we're kind of, he's looking at me again. <laughs> okay. That's something. Because he wouldn't Focus. look at me for a couple of weeks. Um, yeah. So and everybody's fed up. And the yeah. world, man. I'm just, it's, it's a bummer. It's a bummer. I'm not going to say the word. <laughs> yeah. But you know what I'm talking <laughs> yeah, about. Yeah, I'm, I'm not. Yeah, exactly. So it's just, about. it's shitty. Yep. Yep. He who shall not be named. Yeah. Mm. And, and it's about to, I think it's about to get shitty on the other side of the pond too, as of this Sunday, no matter how that election turns out. Hmm. Oh, France? Is yeah. it France? Yeah. It, do you think Le Pen will, will win? Uh, yes. I don't think so. The, the other guy's got a, a lead, but that's that crust of lead that he has is apparently also the fuckers that don't show up at the, at the ballot. You don't cast the ballots. So that What's he, social democrat? Actually, no. This is the interesting thing. I found out, first of all, he's 39 years old. Oh, is that the one who's married to the 65-year-old dame? Uh, not sure about dame. Him. A dame. <laughs> the gal. Um, he's 39 years old. Uh, he's never been elected to anything. Like he's been appointed as a finance finance minister type dude for the the previous administration. Well, we've but, got a realtor in the U.S. True. No, no, but he's he, this is a weird thing. It's not like he's incompetent. He's super competent, but he no doesn't have any political experience really, and he's very much uh, from the banks. Like he's a product of the banking consortiums. Obama just endorsed him, so that confirmed it. Uh, but then on the but other, he went to the. Uh, he went to like the top political school in in France, and then he right. went to into the biz, business banking sector to okay. get experience for like four years. Yeah, something like that. Now he's basically like, completely green as far as politicians go. Like not Trump green, but mm-hmm. or orange. Uh, but he's, cer- he's certainly not qualified. Uh, no, I wouldn't say he's not qualified. So there's just two. Yeah, oh, because shit. the first round they knock out everyone else, then it, it's down to two, and then second round, which is happening Sunday, it's going to be between him and her. He's certainly more qualified than Le Pen. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, Le Pen is not unqualified. She's just um, a fascist. Yeah. Yeah. She's a, yeah, she knows what she's doing. And right? she's put kind of like a new coat of paint on her father's dream, which nobody wants to talk about her father because he was a, he's a, he's a, was he worse? Oh, he's horrible. Was he president? No, 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 no. He, he was like trying to find a facsimile, like a Nigel Farage, if you know anything about British politics. Um, Kind of uh, extreme right wing. Okay. Uh, I think he was the head of the party. He was the head of the front until front. she kicked him out. Exactly, <laughs> but sort of told him, "Dad, retire. If you want to make this work, you gotta let me kind of put a new, mm. new veneer on it." They were um, uh, interviewing gay people in Paris who are voting for Le Pen. Okay, um, is she young white gay dudes? Mm-hmm. Because she, yeah. immigration. Really? Yeah. Well, that's almost weird because that's almost like gay is so mainstream right. now that it's okay to they go f- back to where were we? Oh yes, racism, <laughs> right? Like it's <laughs> like this is no longer a distraction. We can we can be awful people again or something. I don't know. Yeah, well, we, they're like we don't care, care about gay marriage. We we don't want to take care of um, immigration. Immigration people who are, or have different colors than us. And I mean, Paris. I think France, if not Paris, has got to be like. Majority Muslim, majority Arab, at least, in Paris. I think so. I don't isn't think it? So. No, I don't. Those numbers no. don't. No, they don't sound right. Uh, I do know that the problem is in France, from what I understand, is oh no, that's in of, prisons. Yeah, that makes sense. That's in prisons. Well, that's possible. But the prisons are like seventy-five to eighty uh, percent Arabs. But 
I know that what the it's they they've been ghettoized in a, in a way. Sure. Oh yeah. And so there is definitely an immigration problem. The thing is that she may win because she's offering a solution, even if it's a shitty one, versus the other guy just like doesn't want to. What's talk her about solution? It. Well, to close the borders and okay. to screen everybody and yada yada yada. Essentially, xenophobia. Well, it's to put the French first. Right. Whatever that means. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Like Quebecois. What's yeah. a Quebecois? Yeah. I was just yeah, <laughs> I was showing Richard. Uh, they're having the municipal elections, I guess. Okay. Or, um, and uh, the Liberal Party is running like this uh, trendy black guy in Rosemont. And I'm like, good luck with that. <laughs> right. It's like the last stronghold of the separatist. Is, is Rosemont? It really? Yeah. It's the last. It's the last of the like, you know. Hardcore. People, like proudly proclaiming that you know they want to separate and stuff like that. It's the last of of the. Of what the, about uh, Outremont? Separatists? No, no way. Isn't it wealthy francophones? No, no, no. It's all. Isn't it? No, no. It's Jews, Anglo's. There's not that many. In Outremont? Yeah, yeah. I gotta get out more, man. Yeah. No, Outremont is yes, is uh, no country. Um, uh, I'd say Rosemont and Easter Easter. Yeah, that's that's what's left. Villeray. Villeray a little bit. But it's being gentrified as we speak, so that's just a question. Anyway, without wanting to get too political mm. here, you're right. Things aren't looking up, so I guess maybe everyone feels the the crunch of Sunshine that. Sunshine helps. That does. Sunshine helps a lot and warmth and just being outside and stuff. Yeah. The patios are up. Most that of them. That's good. Yeah. Village is closed. Uh-huh. Pedestrian only. Yeah, that's that's yeah, it's true. I just I was just down there the other day. Mm-hmm. I know they changed. They have different colored balls. <laughs> it's not just the pink balls or the blue hang ones. over the street do you hang out in the village um ish i was occasionally i like to like, go back yeah we go for dinner like we went for dinner twice in the okay. last couple of weeks actually yeah you know there's always that this debate speaking of ghettoization and 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 things like that and mainstream and integration there's always been that point of view that like there shouldn't be a gay village that gays should just move back into like everywhere and live as mm, so what's, you, ha- that's what's happening is that, is that what's happening so yeah. you, as a result of progress are you i can't tell if you're no i'm serious sarcastic. no i'm serious <laughs> sorry yeah neither can some of my students i feel bad for them especially the younger ones in grade seven <clears throat> but they're starting to get me now finally but grade seven they're, they're babies man they're so young and i forget that sometimes mm. and i'm like oh my god she's scared of me <laughs> you know, like, smile, John. Smile. Um, yeah, as a result of progress, it was a result as a result of the parades and the political movements, and um, also as a result of technology. Um, young people don't need to go there because they hook up on with their telephone. Right. And as a result of the progress, they don't have mm-hmm. to go to the village. They can go, you know, anywhere. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. Okay. It's happening everywhere. Paris, uh, New York. There's there. It's spreading out. Apparently, Hochelaga. Maisonneuve. What do they call it? Ho- Homa? Homa. Homa should be homo. It's becoming homo. <laughs> really? Yeah. Apparently there's like lots of gay dudes and uh, Well, there's a uh, lot of development, so that uh, makes sense. Yeah. Uh, more restaurants and stuff. So it's they're fanning out. It used to be... They're fanning out. <laughs> <laughs> um, it, it used to be... Do you know Chez Pere? <clears throat> yeah. That used to be called the limelight. Mm-hmm. Richard Burnett wrote uh, a piece about it, maybe at the time. Either that, he published a piece that was written at that time. That was like 800 people used to fit in that club. It was, and it wasn't just gay. It was like a, a total mix. Um, who played there? Uh, David Bowie uh, showed up there. Iggy okay. Pop, uh, Ray, oh, wow. Ch- not Ray Charles. Who's the dancer? Um, um, Little Richard? No, not Little Richard. 
Like he's Prince really is based okay. on uh, this guy. And why can I, why oh, I forget uh, his name? Uh, uh, Brown. Yeah, James Brown. James Brown. James Brown. Uh, some people went okay, and saw so him for 10 bucks. So like a, a Studio 54 type of thing? Yes. And, and people said it was better than Studio 54 but it, because it wasn't, it didn't. It wasn't snobby like anybody and everybody could go there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, any gender, race, um, permutation, uh, permutation. Yeah, mm-hmm. any sort of um, economic bracket. Whereas um, Studio Fifty Four wasn't quite like that. I knew a guy that used to hang at Studio Fifty Four. Lives yeah. in Fort Lauderdale. He, so it was more of an elitist thing there, or like yeah. you had to be in with the right people. To yeah, at Studio Fifty Four. Yeah, I watched a documentary on it a little while ago. I think I saw something somewhere. I forget what it was. Netflix. Yeah, a lot of a lot of interesting things. Montreal actually, I think, has a history. I mean, Double A would know about this, but has a history of having hosted like legends before they were great, or they would sneak away to do a show here when you couldn't get tickets to see them anywhere else. Right. Montreal's always had this. Peter kind Gabriel of, is like really into Quebec City. Right. Or I think more than Montreal, but Peter Gabriel used to come and rehearse here, I think, and then yeah. start his tour here. Yeah, yeah. Iron Maiden starts their tours here. I think U2 starts their tours here, things like that. Huh. So, yeah, they, there's some. And then some bands just do not come here. Right. Well, they just don't show up. Oh, it can't because for some reason at the border. I think it's the promoters or something. something. There's, some, there's some. I mean, it can't be cheap, you know, if you're, you're a band out of Leeds. Mm-hmm. Like, let's go to Montreal. Like, fuck that. Hmm. Uh, you go to New York if you can go that far. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But if you're already in New York, I mean, it's not that far. Yeah, but then. You but if you're a broke band, you're gonna go down right? the. You're gonna go down the coast, and mm. then hopefully catch a flight across to the other side. That's true. And 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 flyover states <laughs> are called flyover states for a reason. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. There's just no point. Hmm. Uh, apart from a couple of them. Yeah. Well, so you're doing a lot of comedy too. You're saying. Mm. Yeah, um, I took like a, about a week or two where I had maybe just one or two shows, and now I've got a few coming up. I've got I'm doing um, it's like an apartment show or a loft show art tomorrow loft? night. The art loft? No, not the art loft. I'm doing that on the on the twelfth. Tomorrow's uh, it's Jason Sullen and Amar Singh, I think, who oh, run the room. I like those people. Yeah, they're good people, and um, so it's like a party and uh, a comedy show. And then Sunday I'm doing the Nest. Tuesday, the Nest. Sunday, and then the I'm doing Queer and Present Danger the following weekend at the Comedy Works. Okay, so you've got a full plate. Yeah, that's yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah, what's the Queer and Present Danger? What's that? It's a uh, Queer and Present Danger. Okay, it's yeah, a queer show. A queer show, uh, headlined by Chantal Morastica and Toronto Winter. Oh yeah, they're Toronto. co-hosting and co-headlining, and then there's like um, five or six other comics on the show. And it's that's kind of like. It's queer themed. Mm-hmm. It's all queer comics. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, sure. Why not? Mm-hmm. Yeah. There was a ginger show the other day. I, I, heard, I heard that was interesting. <laughs> was it? Yeah. It was just they, they rounded up all the gingers. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe rounded up is the wrong term. Uh, but Probably. They, they composed a show of ginger haired people. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, why not? That Let's sounds a show like fun. Based on hair color. Although, then again, it's not like a show with brown, brown hair, right? Like, it ginger comes with 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 a package. There's right. a there's a burden that yeah. comes with the uh, red yeah. hair from pretty much from the moment you're born for some reason, uh, and then it, you know it, you either make it or you break it. I don't know. <laughs> so okay, so that's going well. Yeah. Are you? Are you I guess you're, you you're still working on your comedy, right? Like you're still pushing the limits. Like yeah. you're still trying to evolve, right? Sure. So yeah. are you? What what are you doing to 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 find? I'm other? writing a ton, but I'm leaving it to the last moment. 
Like okay. I've got tons and tons of papers and, and, you know, notes on my phone. And then I don't, right now I've been so busy that I haven't taken the time to really do what I want to do on stage. I end up trying a couple new tags when all is said and done. Like last night at the nest, there's like 50 people. So I was like, nah, I'm not going to do all new stuff. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I do old jokes and try a few new things. And so it's, it's very slow because I don't write, you know, I'm David Pride. Jesus, that guy will come up on stage after having practiced for, I don't know how long, at least the whole day. And he'll do like paragraphs of new material that kills the first time out. Really? Yeah. So I watch him. It's like it's, a it's motivational. Gun. He just loads that motherfucker and comes out and, and slays. Mm-hmm. slays. Yeah. Is it, is it the material? Is it his delivery? Both? Everything, yeah. He's been doing it for 20, 25 years. So he's got he's, it uh, He's a brilliant guy. He just, you know, chose to stay in Montreal as a wife and children. Mm-hmm. So he chose to stay here. He's uh, he writes, he does. He writes for the, the debaters, and mm-hmm. I don't know what he does, but he's quite involved with the debaters. Yeah, I I, uh, I was at the um, the Bishop and Gag show last night. Oh, how'd it go? It went really well. I mean, uh, I I thought it was a packed house, but apparently sometimes it gets even more packed. Um, it was standing room only. Right, but uh, it was uh, it was really cool. Um, there's no stage. You're kind of in the, in the middle of everything, and that kind of throws you off a little bit. Mm. I've had interesting sets there. Yeah? Where define interesting? Not great. Okay. <laughs> because of response or because of your performance? Thank... Oh, no, God, no, not my performance. Um, <laughs> Never. It's always the audience's fault. Please. Um, Do you know who you're know. talking to? <laughs> 600 Twitter followers, boys. 600. Six, oh. 600. Oh. Hundred. Oh. <laughs> Who's cornbread, Richard? <laughs> so what... what, um, what I don't know. Like one time I was there and there was like off to the left when you're on stage, there was like about six people that had gone there for dinner and they don't they don't advertise the show like in the room or oh, like, on the street or anything. Right, right, so right. So they were just talking all the way through the set. Uh, um, and it was... Uh, I don't know. It was just a little... Yeah, to, it's get, true. Last night, everyone paid attention, but I did get... There were a lot of people in the room who had, like, no clue. There was a comedy show. Mm. There was a, a a board outside, but like a chalkboard, but uh-huh. it was not really... I think it's because they haven't, like, branded it properly yet. Yeah. I love the way they treat you. They're, they treat you like gold. Oh, I mean, I the, really love it. David you know? uh, They take care of you. Yeah, was, uh, those guys are great. Fucking gentlemen. But the, the seating is such that, you know, off to your right and left, people have their backs to you. There's no other way to do it. So yeah. in some cases, it's true. Yeah. yeah. And you're just surrounded. Yeah. So, yeah. But in the it right It might be like dinner theater a little bit. Yeah, you're right. The dinner theater Have you ever done uh, Absolute in Ottawa? Nope. I'm surrounded try. there too, but in a good way. Mm. Okay. You know, they're all facing you. Oh. Oh, cool. I meant, I thought you meant they were, they were good looking. Um, uh, we're going to <laughs> Ottawa in May and uh, I'm going to try to, I'm, I'm going to try to stick my head in there and. The club to do it to do a spot to mm-hmm. do a spot there because I heard it's a uplifting it thing is. to do. Yeah, it is. But uh, well run club. Yeah, well, weird thing. I had I had taken a week off, so last night I was not jittery, but I was like not quite together. I, I mean, I, I did okay. It wasn't. It wasn't. It's weird when that happens, huh? When you just you kind of almost can't catch up with your own yeah with your own desired rhythm. You're kind of out of step with yourself. Yeah, everything mm. is bothering you. Like that happened to me too. Th- there last was night. a wireless mic, and I'm like, it's a wireless mic, and I he usually sh- am. <laughs> he I'm, shut it off with his forehead. Yeah, <laughs> I tried to do a joke, and I, I usually bump the mic on my forehead. It just goes like like that, right? Off. But this like turned off the mic, and then I was like, "Fuck, okay." But I just kept doing it, and then they fixed the mic, and I you finished. Got a the good show. laugh though when you continued. Yeah, 
No, no, that actually didn't phase me. Yeah, but no, the fine. fact that there was no cord on the mic totally f- fucked up everything, <laughs> like my vibe. And then there was no stage and that. I'm like, why am I concentrating on this shit? I'm like, beyond this. Well, no, no. No, but, there, there, there's never, never, no one stage is going to be the same or mic or audience. It's, mm-hmm. you know, it's always going to be. You described it perfectly, though. I was out of sync or out of step with mm-hmm. myself. And I don't know why. Um, there just w- have days like that. Was it all white people when you went? I'm making it sound like this is a problem, but it wasn't. It's just, I just noticed. Damn yeah, yeah, yeah. Mostly. Primarily. I don't think I've ever yeah. had an all white audience. And, and, and the fact is I'd asked what they wanted to do beforehand, what kind of show it was. So I was like, crowd work, yes, no. And, and David was like, yeah, you know, just maybe do just get straight set. So unfortunately, I should have still paid attention to the, the room. I just kind of went in cold and started doing my jokes and didn't realize strategically that it made no sense to do a bunch of this racial stuff in a room full of white people, like, you know, like hipsters, basically. Because they're not going to laugh. They feel too guilty. It, well, there's there's just a nervousness. You don't do that. You don't you don't take a room full of white people and be like, hey, how about those black guys and the this and the other thing? And like, there's no one. They can't even go to their best friend. Like, <laughs> we're good, right? <laughs> right. Uh, I mean, some people laughed anyway, but it, it obviously, strategically, I should have reacted and went, okay, switch that one out. You know, load this ammunition. Yeah, instead. that never stops. I don't think. I mean. But you learn. Yeah. Have you ever misfired that way? Have you ever? Oh, yeah. I did like a fundraiser for an elementary school and I did like this joke I do about, um, what is it? Well, I say sucking dick and I should have said, you know, fellatio. <laughs> for an elementary, <laughs> elementary school. school. <laughs> like the children weren't there, but like it was teachers, administration, <laughs> former teachers. And they liked the gay stuff at first. But then when I, it's also like when you deliver something that's kind of, you know, if you suck dick. You gotta, you gotta be like, you have to animate it and kind of smile a bit when you yeah, say yeah. that stuff. Because mm. if you look mopey at all, and I tend to look mopey sometimes, <laughs> to make it sound like you're not even happy when you do it, right? <laughs> yeah, and I could just feel them pulling away from me. Yeah. Just feel, hear the silence, <laughs> lack of movement. Um, so yeah, I thought if I do that again, I'll just change the wording for an audience like that, mm-hmm. or change the way I deliver it. But yeah, it's weird. You gotta switch it out sometimes, but it's um, though, though I'm much more frustrated by those kinds of mistakes than if a joke doesn't land right because that there's no there's nothing to be done like you did the joke properly you approached it from a, the way that you had planned it and it didn't land let's say mm-hmm. but well, to, you you were saved by the fact that there was one heifer there <laughs> yeah exactly there was one person who was mixed right that's true <laughs> there was one biracial person in the whole room in the yeah. entire room yeah <laughs> but i mean the joke doesn't really depend upon that the mm-hmm. the the the, the the reason that that doesn't land is because there wasn't that much diversity in that room right. and that's the kind of joke that doesn't is uncomfortable but it just didn't occur to me because i don't feel that discomfort i'll make fun of anyone i don't give a shit right. uh, but, but um yeah those kinds of things kind of bug me that i didn't like i didn't think on my feet you know yeah but, yeah you know yeah, you carry those shitty sets with you until you do your next one Right, exactly. It, it, that's so true. You have to like clear the mm-hmm. baffles or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. You have to like. <laughs> you want to get back up there and redeem And it doesn't. It, the stink is on you until you get to go up again. How interesting is that? Yeah, I never, it never occurred mm-hmm. to me. It's true. Yep. It's, so when's the next show? Uh, Sunday. Okay. So yesterday, when the show airs, it mm-hmm. will have been the day before. Okay. It's on the day of the French election, which should be fun. Uh, what are you doing Sunday? At Comedy Abroad. Oh, cool. Yeah. So that should be interesting. Uh, oh, I want to plug in my phone. I don't know. I th- the reason I thought of that is because John Seelig called me, uh-huh. and 
Um, so I thought of my phone, and it's, can I plug it in? Can you plug it in for me? Yeah. Sure. Yeah. sure. I'll just grab my. Yeah, go for it. Yeah, no, um, doing comedy abroad, or did comedy abroad, it's so weird when it's like in the past, because it's going to happen. When, uh, mm. But People uh, are going to listen to this in the future. Hello, people from the future. Hello. Jason went on yesterday, but he doesn't know how he did. <laughs> Not yet. Not yet. And I'm sorry about all those things that I did that nobody liked. And Would this one work? That's a, that's a five. I don't know. I don't think I have Can you that. time code it so I can uh, edit, edit here so for the pause? What time? What are we at? 350. No, 3350. 3350. Okay. Uh, what? Yeah. You want to? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. All right. Yeah. So, um. Plug it in. I will plug it in. So you think you're going to do abroad? I'm gonna do abroad. My moisture, see? I'm gonna have abroad. I'm doing the nest on Sunday. Oh yes, yes, yeah. yes. I forgot about you. That's you could still technically maybe run over. No, that doesn't make any sense. Uh, no, I don't know. What it's happens at the nest on Sundays? They have Sunday Fun Day. It's called, and um, they're paid. I hate it. They're paid spots. <laughs> okay, that's cool. Yeah. Well, that I get to do 15 minutes. That's great. Ooh. Paid spot, 15 minutes. That's beautiful. That's so great. who do you gotta? What do you gotta? I was gonna say who you gotta blow <laughs> to uh, who? Who's, who's the list is long and uh, a lot of fun. A lot of fun. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe for you. <laughs> for me, it's gonna be a chore. But I love comedy that much. <laughs> well, you just you know, once you start working there, it's like any place, right? Get to know the people, and then you get to meet the people and yeah, you bug know, the people. That's the part I'm not crazy about. That's the part I'm never I'm like. Ugh. The schmoozing? Yeah, I mean, we've talked about this before, right? <clears throat> um, I just, it's just like, ugh, you know? But, I mean, at the same time, like, uh, I, I can just not do comedy, <laughs> right? Like, hmm. yeah. If you're going to get into any kind of competitive sport or, or activity, there's going to be a, there's going to be politics, there's going to be... Well, I mean, how are you getting your spots now? You, how'd you get Comedy Broad? How'd you get Bishop and Gags? Yeah, I just, I was friendly. That's what I it is. To people. That's what it is. And they liked what I did and... Yeah. Uh, but I, I wasn't like, hey, so how about your sin or not? Like, well, no, none no, of that. Of course know? not. No. But you have to do some of that eventually, right? You eventually. Don't be a total douchebag about it, though. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. It's true. Uh, What's up? Hey, man. <laughs> hey. John Zangadon. So while we're talking, <laughs> you have a room, don't you? Before I let you go. <laughs> yeah. Mm. What I am starting to notice, however, is um, that... Uh, the city is really disorganized in terms of like the scene. And I know you probably won't want to comment on this in any way, but I see it from a strategy standpoint, like from a production standpoint, I'm like, everyone's pulling in a different direction. I feel there's a couple of hard, hard, like, like, like really important spots here. And I feel like there's a lot of really great comedians and a lot of good people, good rooms, but I feel like there's too many rooms. Is that, is that possible? I don't think there's enough. You think there should be more rooms? Well, more independent rooms, and that's what's happening now. Uh-huh. And that's kind of... Like, the women are doing incredible things in Montreal. The women got it going on. Theatre St. Catherine, uh, Lady Fest. There's people at the She Dot uh, uh, thing in Toronto this weekend. Are those big events? Um, yeah, they're big, and they're well-organized, and they're by people who are grinders. 
so they do very well. But now there's like sort of you know this new uh, new blood. Like I'm thinking about uh, Jason Sellen mm-hmm. and uh, Dylan and Harry Weinrib, Chris uh, Olgar, who Chris Olgar, Chris Olgar, yeah, absolutely, the Art Loft, yeah. Um, so yeah, and they all have their own flavor. I don't know, is that what you mean? Like because they're all different, pulling yeah, like, in different directions. I'm I'm wondering if there's too many people doing shows on the same nights and oh yeah, diluting what is already a kind of a a limited pool of. That's of true. Yeah, for sure. Um, like I don't know how you time it better. Uh, I don't know. How you? Me neither. I'm, I'm not Mr. Producer. I'm, I'm just sure. looking. I, I, I see it from a produ- producer standpoint, right? Like, uh, or or a mafia don. You know, like bring it together the families and make sure everybody eats, everybody gets a fair piece, and that it actually helps the comedy scene like rise. Mm. Right. Uh, we me. have so few potential audience members too, and if there's a I shitty show and that. they come, what people don't understand if. They come to a show and it's shitty. They're they're never gonna come back. It taints the taints the, uh, yeah, the whole they'll thing. They'll never come back, and they'll talk to people about how they'll never come back. Are there really few people? I keep you're not the first one to mention that the crowd is very small. But I don't get that sense. Like, how hard is it to get a couple hundred people together? That like that's that's an ideal number, right? Like like a couple hundred would be like if you let's say we had a super club, like a mega club, right downtown. I'm not proposing to open this club. I'm just saying. Theoretically, if we open, like, we could be able to take over a place like Club Soda or something like that and had, like, a, a regular venue there. You're saying that you would not be able to pack the place? Regularly? Club Soda? Yeah. Uh, it depends who's playing. Like, okay. Like, you bring in, let's say, a name, a Canadian name, and you feature, I don't know, half a dozen, ten of the local... You know, I don't know, man. Have open mic nights, things like that. You don't think that people would come out for that? Once a month? Fill Club Soda? Maybe once I, a month. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I Twice don't. I don't think so. You don't think so? Yeah, I don't. Um, okay. I, mean, I don't think you're being you're, a pessimist. I'm just. Yeah. I'm, I'm really asking about your. I don't. Your you know, talk to David Acker, Joey Elias, um, the pros. Yeah. Is uh, if that's what they're saying, then obviously they they must. Well, I don't know that. what they're saying, but I mean, those would be the people who could tell you for sure. But you know, Acker's Club is filled every weekend, pretty much. Mm-hmm. So, and they're drawing people in from the West Islands. Club sodas, their parking is all that shit, and how to get people out of the West Island. People are talking about having a club in the West Island. They're right. thinking that would be a good idea. I mm-hmm. think there's a room opening up there just now. I just I just saw something. The, the Pioneer. Day. There's a show at the Pioneer. Right. Yeah, I did that show in really? last May. And it was great. Yeah, I hosted it. There was like 250 people. Okay, it was great. I, I was the headliner. <laughs> <laughs> 250. Yeah. No, it's, that's what I'm talking about. Like um, uh, Ottawa, for instance. Uh, is kind of a, we could say the West Island is kind of a micro Ottawa in the sense that it's just like hmm. people don't really want to leave the residential area but mm-hmm. are starved for entertainment and shit to do. It's true. It's yeah, but it seems out. like in Ottawa they go out and do shit, whereas in the West Island they won't come to Montreal to do shit. Maybe they'll do, Not to they Montreal. do stuff in the West Island. Exactly. They, but, they, yeah, they, to the yeah, same extent. They really see it as their own little, like, uh, <laughs> I got hired a couple of years back to be a, a French translator for a group doing like dollar for gold uh, in in uh, West Island. Now, normally I would never take this kind of job, but this was a, a classmate of mine, a guy I went to school What's with. What's a dollar for gold? You know, like when, when you can turn in your old gold for money, cash oh. for gold. You, you okay. know, whenever the economy sucks, these guys pop out of the woodwork because okay. they're buying back gold to, to in case the dollar crashes type of thing. It's good for business. And... Um, yeah, I got to see the kind of West Island thing, and it's true. They're very like they all read the 
the West Island, like sure. whatever that paper's called. <laughs> suburban. The Suburban. <laughs> they kind of treat it like a little city, <laughs> mm. right? Yeah. Um, and they go to the che- Cheers or whatever. They right. go to those, yeah. those clubs and those bars. It's like two bars. Yeah, coming into Montreal is kind of a pain in the ass, I think, if you've settled. Particularly there. with the construction now. Right. Yeah. It's a fucking nightmare. It's understandable, too. You know, you, you work, you go home, you eat, you want to chill out, maybe go not far. Yeah, mm. uh, and if you meet someone who's from that part of the world, they either got the fuck out when they were young, or they hey oh, <laughs> or they inherited their parent, took over their parents' house or grandfather's house or whatever, and now they're they're sitting pretty and you know mm-hmm. working on their I don't know muscle cars. I don't know what they do out there. <laughs> Speaking English with impunity. I have like two categories of friends, like those that moved downtown, and like the other ones who. Who stayed back there? May may they rest in peace. Yeah, may they rest in peace. (laughs) Never to be heard from again. (laughs) So, I'm from San Francisco. And for those of you that know nothing of the world in which you live, there are more queers in San Francisco than there are priests in the Vatican. But there are more queers in the Vatican than there are priests in San Francisco. Yeah, so uh, David Milch, the creator of Deadwood. uh, So, first of all, yeah, I also saw that making of stuff where right. he kind of lays on the ground with a pillow yeah, yeah. and his temp or whatever is like tight. And he's just like looking at the monitor with the dialogue and he's just going like, he's just belting out the dialogue. I love that. Like so real much. time. Man. And he's like, no, 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 go back. He adds like two more, uh, two more words to it. And then he, it's just, it's how like, brilliant is that? It's just pouring out all of these him. characters. He wrote like for multiple characters, just pours out of him. He's like one of these dudes that's just absolutely fucking brilliant. But then, I read about him like a few months ago and gambling. Yeah. Destroyed his destroyed I think his almost his life completely. Wow. He's I think he's trying to get back on uh, on the horse right now but yeah, he had a huge like race race track problem or something like that. And like he wants racing. to get back on the horse? He <laughs> that'd be a mistake instead of as opposed to betting on it. Um <laughs> yeah, I think he blew like 100 mil or something. Some some ridiculous number. Maybe not 100 mil but a lot of money. Oh, I'm glad I don't have that one. Yeah, that that's always yeah. that's always fucked up to me, man. Seeing so well, I go for a happy hour at Roasters and Alexis Neon, and because <laughs> uh, it's close to home. Yep. Um, and I'm standing outside having a smoke, and this guy comes out like fifty, fifty-five, uh, mulleted dude, you know, kind of in rough shape. Starts bitching about stuff. I've never met him before, so and I don't like complainers to begin with. So I just like looked away. Then I went out for another smoke, and he came out again. And then he started apologizing for having bitch, but that he lost 350 bucks in 20 minutes. 20 minutes. Doing the video. Uh, Poker poker poker, or whatever uh, it is. The machines? The slots. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 20 minutes. Just. Oh, man, that's, that's, I never, I'll never understand that. No, it's too bad. Yeah, I I, I talked about this the other day. Like the, I've even seen the people, the regulars, like win, and it still doesn't, like, has an effect, right? Because they're so. At this point, their 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 nerves, their feelings are shot, for, right? For years mm-hmm. of like, obviously, probably losing more than they win. But yeah, that's dark. That's and yeah, and you can't ride those range of emo- that range of emotions that you must live when you you know when you lose that much money uh, regularly, yeah. and you're so you're up and down and up and down. So you've got to. They're yeah. probably like you know alcoholics too, drug a, addicts. A lot of these guys, yeah. the, these 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 guys that go bankrupt and stuff, or that blew a lot of money, they they go on and on about like the the rush, right. that the moment of putting those those the rolling those dice, and like it almost has nothing to do with money anymore. Right. 
Yeah, it's, it's the adrenaline, right? It's about how their father didn't love them or whatever at that point, like standing over the craps table. Uh, and it's I just want to feel something. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently, <laughs> jo- so Johnny Depp right now is spiraling into self-destruction. Oh, no. Like he's coming apart now. And he his management's suing him and he's suing his management and for his lavish lifestyles and his cars and his houses and stuff. Really? Like yeah, yeah. So he's, I don't know if he's going to pull through it, but... It seems to be like a terrible divorce or something. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, But uh, now stories are coming out that like she was terrible from the get go. But now she's with like Elon Musk. I think so. (laughs) But they were terrible together for a while. Mm. But he like uh, beat her up, didn't he? I don't think he ever beat her up. I think they were accusations. Yeah. They they threw some stuff at each other because they would they would drink and they would get into fights. But there was that whole weird thing with us when they brought their dogs to Australia or something. Oh, yeah. (laughs) What did they do? Well, they brought the they they brought their dogs to Australia without doing the paperwork or something. Yeah, and then they and then they to had sneak to them off or... <laughs> then they had to do like a public service announcement as penance. Oh, right. And it was so sad to watch. <laughs> what? It's, true. it's up on yeah, YouTube. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. I love it when judges do that. We're like, <laughs> Mr. Depp, I understand you act <laughs> like they're so they're so judged. They're so old school. They don't give a fuck. They're just like, regard. I understand you have the attention of the major public. And That's therefore, right. it is the decision of this court that you shall issue an apology with your wife. But it wasn't even just Who an apology. Who do you apologize to? It wasn't even an apology. Like, they it had to do, apology? like, a public service announcement in general saying how important it is to, like, oh, but it was papers to do at the, the airport. Paperwork but stuff. it was as an apology to the government of Australia or New Zealand or whatever. I think they were going to use it in, like, a campaign to warn other people to to bring their pets in. You know, legally and stuff. To, oh, okay. It's like a judge going and saying, like, it's like from like a sitcom, like, Mr. Depp, you're you're guilty. You're gonna have to be this guy's butler for a year. <laughs> oh, right. you know? Those totally <laughs> impossible hilar- uh, scenarios. And hilarity ensues. Who <laughs> <laughs> does it? Yeah, yeah. No, I like that. If I if I were a judge, I think I would totally hand down those types of right. those types of judgments. Like, you're going to. Yeah, be- it's suitable. <laughs> You're going to be a butler for a week. <laughs> <laughs> like butlers are. Well, they kind of do anymore. it now already, don't they? With uh, undercover boss, right? I don't do know they? if that's still going. But I liked that man. That's I liked a, a couple episodes of that that's a lot. A cool idea, <laughs> you know? Because but it's so fake. It is. Was so it fake. so fake? Oh was my it? god, it's so fake. It's really? very scripted. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. You bring in the president of the company with like a fake mustache yeah. and like a bad toupee, and then everyone's gonna not know that it's him. And like, always oh, a stop my name's story. Jimmy. I'm just God, one of the I boys. Must be naive. <laughs> well, they even fuck. made fun of it on Saturday Night Live with Kylo Ren. Kylo Ren <laughs> trying to go undercover on the st- Death Star, and, but everyone knows it's him. <laughs> and he's just like, no, I'm, I'm not Kylo Ren or whatever. But he keeps losing it and throwing people across the, the cafeteria because they're saying bad things about Kylo Ren behind his back. Yeah. But I'm sure it was entertaining, though, but... Like they're they're pretty good at what they do, but, mm-hmm. but definitely fake. But I mean, Boston, I would I would bet money that it was fake. This is like a Richard Branson thing. I think I think he's the kind of guy that does that, right? Like, this idea comes from these like uh, tycoons, really, who have done it. And historically, it, it, kings have done it. it. There's many many tales about that. You know, even in Henry the Fifth, right? Like he sneaks into the fireplace around mm. the fire, the skies. But he didn't like, have a camera crew following him. <laughs> Right, well, and have to come up with a like a plausible story as to why like they're they're filming the new guy Jimmy, <laughs> right? It's I was kind of undercover once, oh, really, in the sense that I was I did some travel writing. I feel the story coming on. Yeah, I know. it was it was Fair cool. Enough. I liked it. So we went 
I got a gig with uh, Condé Nast Traveler, the Shishi New York uh, publication that paid me like, uh, uh, well, three bucks a word or some shit. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but I, it was just like a little back of the, or front of the uh, book, uh, 300 per piece. But anyway, so I had to go to these restaurants and I, I booked a reservation at a restaurant and I talked to the manager and told him I was writing for this magazine and they were you know, pumped. So I went there, me and Marcel went there. And we sat down, it was Notre Dame near the theater. I forget the name of the restaurant. Um, and there was no one in there. Uh, and a woman came up to our table and um, Marcel said, could, could I have uh, a napkin and uh, some cutlery? Because there was just one and we had been there for a bit. And she said, uh, no, no, c'est juste pour les gens qui sont gentils. Oh. <laughs> it's only for the nice people. Yeah. Wow. So, so he looked at her and he said, your comment was complètement inutile, madame. And uh, what the? And she she made a funny face and walked away. Five minutes later, the fuck the owner walks in, right? And she's like down the hall from me. I can see her. She can see us. The owner walks up to my our table. We stand up. We all shake hands, and she's just looking a little pale. Right? <laughs> <laughs> so it was a good time. So we said, uh, "Dude, we got to talk to you." <laughs> oh yeah, you, yeah. you let him know. And yeah, fuck yeah. What's and then, that all about? And then she, she came back to the table, like with her tail between her legs. And I got, I'm not like, I, I don't trip. That's not what I live for to, to do that. <laughs> but I have to tell you. Because it's like, you know, getting shitty food or shitty service somewhere and you wish you could have said or would have said or had some authority to say. And like, oh, for sure. So um, all I, she apologized. And I think I said, well, let that be a lesson. Oh, to you. wow. Because <laughs> <laughs> she was like nasty. Anyway, yeah. yeah Did you get it? It depends too, you know, like you get sometimes the sense that. The person who's being nasty is just having a bad day, and you'll tend to get go a little easier on someone like that. Then, when you, you can get, tell whether the person's just having a bad day or they're being a, being pissy. or this is this is there every day. Yeah, yeah. But the, you the, don't know that's the first that's, time you've met them. That's kind of a that's I, that doesn't sound like a bad day comment because that's just like that's like really like that's premeditated premeditated <laughs> rudeness. Yeah, like there was no one in the restaurant. It was really chill. It was summer. It was, we were the only two people in there. Um. I don't know. Some people just don't have it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> and today that sounds it's like me. a line that was pre-prepared though. With which the, or like like yeah. who could I feed this to? Like who could I which just line? for the nice people? No, the line that she's like, oh, oh yeah. it's only for yeah. people yeah. who are nice. Yeah. Sort of thing. Like, just, I wonder yeah. how often she busts out that line. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Not <Yeah>. anymore. <laughs> no. Not anymore. No. Oh, maybe probably, she learned her lesson. Probably worked on her little sister or some shit. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> I don't tend to, to try to pull rank if I know the owner of a restaurant and things like that. But I just end up like going, "Hey, Kev, how's it going?" Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. I brought a friend to a restaurant last week where I know usually know half the staff uh, in Midake. Mm-hmm. Shout out to a good place. And for some bizarre reason, the entire staff was different. Mm. So like, I walked in there like, "Hey, it's gonna be a good time," and then we got a shit table. The waitress didn't give a fuck. Mm-hmm. The food was okay. I mean, that's that's why we went there for. But right. I, I ended up looking like a total asshole because the girl I went with was just like, oh, you know the staff here? Is that is that what you're like, <laughs> Yeah, but they're not. I, I totally not looked like I was ones. lying. Like, oh, no one I know is on shift tonight. It's really weird. She's like, mm, okay. So you're a nobody? <laughs> I came well, here with a fucking nobody, Jason? <laughs> well, they, they literally gave us a little table for two between two other tables for two. I hate that. And I can't I, do it. I never... I'd if I'm never, in Paris, fine, but not Yeah, here. exactly. Mm. Uh, I was near Alexino. This, I'm not. That's not Paris. It's um, always packed there, too. Have you been there? Right. Where? M- in Maduke? No. 
Yeah, it, yeah, it's right across the street from uh, from Alexis Neon. People like, like don't form. notice it. Oh, because it's, it's the, uh, the Japanese yeah. uh, sushi. Yeah, not sushi, sake yeah. bar. Is- Izakaya. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, I know Amazing that. It's place. always packed there. Yeah. Always packed. But it's such a schizophrenic neighborhood, man. That is yeah, a sociologist's dream. The neighborhood I live in. It's it really West is. Westmount. Yeah. Then you know, like you've got these Inuits that are staying at the the Y. Yeah. Right. They stay at the Y, and they've got like all kinds of like uh, the problems happening going on. At and then home problems happening going on. <laughs> no, like um, literally, you come out of Alexis Neon. Three or four of them are probably being arrested right and, and like a whole bunch of homeless dudes all over the place and then you've got like Sejep students and s- private school students coming down from Westmount so this is this, the, the most bizarre mix and this ritzy Japanese pub across the street right, that you need yeah, reservations exactly. to yeah if you don't with have the reservation that's like, with is it closed next to a Kushtard or something yeah, no, like it's the, still there is it? with guys like hey, like hanging out in front of this exactly yeah it is a very weird it's place it's so douchey man yeah. mm. I remember like it used to be the park and I think the park is less douchey or maybe it's because it's less accessible not yeah sure. I remember old school Alexis Neon like when the forum was still the forum oh yeah I don't really and how dingy it was on the across the street from there really oh man oh, it, was, yeah. it was dark around around the hospital there that whole area now it's all like really fancy but oh, it was okay. a, it was a dilapidated fucking hole oh like after the forum closed before the forum closed really yeah, yeah. and then after it was worse because i used to hang well, after it got totally it, it terrible seemed like yeah. that was even the bottom and that's mm-hmm. when they bulldozed but that's usually how they do the gentrification is right. they let the place go to hell of course the referendum didn't help the that stretch of uh saint catherine either Right. But they let it fall completely to pieces, and then is that like was that affected by the referendum? Like right up until ten years ago? I remember. Well, maybe not until ten years ago, but the referendum had. I remember when that happened. That's the first stretch West of End businesses got boarded right? up. Yeah, makes sense. Yeah, yeah, like people were <laughs> getting the fuck out, and it I'm took glad a good I didn't live through that five years for for people to come back to to town. Really, because, you know that'll do it. It's weird for me because, like, I moved here so I could learn French and have a new life. I fell in love with Montreal, literally. And even now, when I meet younger people, it's very few, but that they're they're pissed off, Matt. Like Anglo's, uh, uh-huh. I'm talking about. Um, they really have a chip on their shoulder about the French. Like they, they they went to school and they didn't have a good time. They you know the French English thing was a thing. Yeah, I, yeah. I never thought it was, yeah. but they you know it was it was wasn't fun. Did you guys do that? Were you educated both here and in? I I was yeah. forced to go to French school, but I didn't mind. Yeah, like, as an immigrant, makes uh, sense. It was it was it, it was all right. Like yeah, sure. <laughs> I didn't have a problem learning additional languages. By then, I'd spoken Romanian, Austrian, German, Hungarian. Like I was I was like okay, one more, sure. The, this wow. one. So you speak five languages? Not anymore. Now I, I still speak Hungarian, but the, the, at the time. I mean, I know a little bit, but like what yeah. I'm saying is, as a child, I'd gone through enough languages that they were like French I'm like, and they were all like super like you have to learn French I'm like sure <laughs> okay <laughs> three months later how I old were you? I was like six I, w- I was speaking French in three four months so it was not a big deal but uh, do you have I, an accent when you speak? a little bit but I don't think so yeah. I mean uh, someone who, from like Laval or from would Saint notice, would yeah. notice that yeah. I have a little bit of an accent but no as a general that's never been a challenge for me but again I, I'm an exception here uh, I can. S- I saw the rivalries. Uh, I mean, I remember in third grade, the Anglophone kids and the Francophone kids playing soccer, and they would be like, Anglo team versus Francophone team. Mm-hmm. This is like third grade was political. Like, <laughs> like what the fuck? <laughs> this is where you're like st- still supposed to be like eating like like your locker is full of 
forgotten lunches and you're just like, oh, I think I have some hair down there. Like you're just going through changes and all <laughs> these things are happening to you. Um, you're almost a teenager. And like they were like, yeah, Law 101 sucks. And like Law 101. Yeah, so, but that was like probably something that stabilized them because, you know, you get your in group, right? I suppose. Probably a good thing. I don't know. For what them, you, what, you know, what, you have your what, team. You, literally. You, you go to an English. <laughs> you, you teach at an English school. <laughs> Me? Yeah. Uh, it's French. It's French. Well, it's French and English. But, and, and, but it's like 80% French and, and there's two school boards in the same building. And, but they are, do most kids speak English as well? Or is there still... At my a, school, yeah. Yeah, yeah. There's less of a but, but well. it's but it's 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 a mix. It's like mostly francophone in the halls. Okay. Um, but then francophone, anglophone mix, and they, you know, um, there's not there isn't really there's not French English issues like at my school like there probably is at other schools because they sing together. Yeah, so they yeah. sing together. It's a musical school. Mm. Yeah, like three hundred kids. So and like as they said, you know, is there any English French things? I've they interviewed a kid from my school like fifteen years ago, and he says, "Ah, no, there's not really too much because you know it's hard to be mad at somebody for a long time when you sing with them every, every, every day." Them. Yeah, yeah, I, I get that totally. No? Sherbrooke is like that. There's a, an English university, there's a French university, and mm -hmm. if you meet people from there, like mm -hmm. they know about the rivalry or not the rivalry, but the oppositional, socio-political baggage that comes with those two languages. But like they don't care. Right. Right. And you see Anglos and Francophones like buddies. Yeah. You know what? I met some really cool dudes from Quebec City at the Art Loft at Dulger's Room. Okay. About a month ago. It was wild. They were like, I don't know, 23 something. And the guy had moved from Quebec City to Montreal, spoke really uh, good English. And we spoke, whoops, I spoke French with him. And we, we spoke both. And he was just saying, no. Nah. He said, because uh, I told him about Quebec City and how I think it's like an interesting sort of little <laughs> village mentality um but i didn't say it like that but and he was uh he, he recognized that and, he, and the like the younger generation who are connected to the world like him um they're they're cool he's they you know care. he's traveling around that's yeah. the one cool thing about young people you know is that they tend to just kind of like they're in, in this in that state of no fucks given as one enters in that period of their life with it also are thrown out a bunch of this these old like stupid grudges and stuff that were from the parents age you know some right. some kids like yeah. really yeah. heavily um continue the right the, the struggle because their parents really like yeah fed that shit to them yeah it's true but a lot of kids are like eh, whatever i just at twitter <laughs> facebook <laughs> yeah or, or but like even more articulate sort of like you know not even that just like it's not an issue that i'm going to be concerned about my parents fought that battle and yeah i'm i'm bilingual and i'm and I, the you know, I have, I have, yeah i have so many interests outside the, the realms of quebec or just even i feel Canada. with the internet it's is it's kind of it's kind of you'd have to really go out of your way to, to to stay in a small segregated mentality because so much of the content like is is in every language in every format know, that you Mississippi want Mississippi has in, uh, wifi <laughs> mississippi wi-fi <laughs> mississippi like wi a crime show John St. Godard. Mississippi Wi-Fi. They're connected. Yeah, I don't know. I think, again, we I often come back to the internet. I think that's one of the things that's kind of breaking down barriers. But as we've seen in other cases, it's also erecting new ones, right? Where with the social justice movement, with the trolling. It's very clannish. Yeah, my God, is it ever. And it, it seems to be a preferred tool of people who are socially awkward in real life. They kind of t 
tend to become like right <laughs> monsters online. Yeah, or just um, too they, verbose. <laughs> or, yeah, or they, they try to perpetuate, like, they try to, I guess, hold, uh, grab onto some form of control that they lack in their everyday. Yeah, you know? power, too. Exactly. Like, it, people, like, so many of the trolls are the ones with, you know, faceless Twitter. Keyboard um, warriors, yeah. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Um, you know, and seven followers, and boy, they fucking let fly, huh? <laughs> yeah, whenever <laughs> you see a really nasty comment, and if you do a little backtracking, you'll find, like, a, a semi-vacant account somewhere yeah with a picture of a of a dog mm. yeah the younger generation uh, i don't think that they have the same hatred that, that uh, or the xenophobia that that's uh, true some of the older people yeah do. yeah like they're more inclusive in terms of like totally sexual preference yeah. in terms of lifestyle in terms of background in terms of language that you, that you their, speak and stuff the other generation does. but they have less of a tolerance in terms of uh, diversity of opinions, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So they don't care who you are, what you do, as long as you toe the line, right? A bit, right? That that's what I notice. That's yeah. true. But that's, everybody that's... always like you know everyone's going to create teams. It's 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 human nature to create teams. It's just it's a different type of thing, right? So I suppose be... the left learned a, a lesson in some ways, and I know it sounds maybe a bit condescending, um, but you know after what happened in the U.S. Um, you know, we're forced to look at ourselves and a like, wake up call. Yeah. Like, you know, there's some pretty religious type tenets <laughs> that exist. Yeah, within. Well, you know, honestly, yeah. what surprised me about the, that whole thing in the U S is, was that, that it got into a clan warfare and that neither side, like I really thought that he was so, so absolutely horribly not, not good for the job that Voldemort? he, Voldemort, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that even e- that either side would be like, this is not, this is a non-starter. This like we can't even have this conversation. Like, no, 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 like, you know, like Ted Cruz, we'll back that guy because mm. he's more, you know. But this is not even a, this is like not even a conversation starter. Uh, and then when not only did it start the conversation, but it ended it. I think, I think, I think it's interesting that the left is taking it as a as a wake up call. I'm seeing it more as a wake up call to everybody every single person in the world and because yeah but that's the left new, something the left happened. is every single person <laughs> <laughs> and if they're not they should be yeah mm. i i just saw it as a sign of anything goes for real now right like we've saw it we saw that in music it doesn't take any musical talent anymore to be on top right you can just computerize your voice you can sample yeah it's bigger than than left right for sure it, it's it's a whole sort of like rejection Shift. of yeah because yeah and you think about like the class like brexit right and if le pen gets elected yeah the con the potential consequences of what could happen right to us that with um north korea and our friends over there yeah uh russia and, uh, china russia all that the whole thing yeah china saw trump and he said china china on purpose china Oh, did you see the, his interview with uh, Face the Nation dude, uh, Ron Dickerson? The, uh, I think it's Dickerson. Is it the redacted one? The job is harder than he thought it was going to be. Oh, that one. No, no. Um, he like he just he he busted Dickerson's balls, and it wasn't uh, merited at all. That's why um, 
Colbert said what he said about the cock holster. Did you hear about that? No, thing? I, I, uh, didn't, really? I didn't follow this. Oh, that's <laughs> like a big deal that. in the last couple of days. So okay. Donald Trump goes on Face the Nation, Ron Dickerson. He's a, he's a oh, Ron Dickerson. I don't even know what his name is. It's Dickerson or something like that. Let's say it's Dickerson. I watch it all the time. I don't know. <laughs> um, believe me, I do. I watch. Um, so what happened? He said, Dickerson said something. Oh, uh, Trump brought up fake news. And uh, <laughs> he said something to the effect of, he looked at Dickerson and said, you're fake news, like you guys. Oh, like, you, you think? Like oh, right so, to his face. Yeah. And then he said, yeah, we, we call you deface. De no, first he said, no, but I like you. You're good. We, we call your show uh, Deface the Nation. And uh, then he just kept talking. And Colbert flipped out because Colbert's CBS and he likes uh, Face the Nation, dude. Right. And so he just, there was this litany of insults that Colbert let, let fly. And one of them was, uh, <laughs> what the, what was it? Like Putin and Trump? A cock holster? A holster? Like <laughs> Something Trump's brutal. got, Trump is just Putin's cock holster. <laughs> okay? So like mm. gay people were like, that's homophobic. And like right. uh, journalists, that's homophobic. It, it is. It's fucking homophobic. But it was perfect. But it's perfect. I, I read yeah. like a whole like article opinion piece about it. Did you? I, yeah. I think, it, I think you posted it. Okay. Actually. Yeah. Good. And Hope I like, read it. You're like thanks, <laughs> but no thanks. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Yes, yeah, yeah. So, oh, that one. That what was that? National, National Post. Post. Yeah, yeah. That was such horseshit. I thought it was holier than thou. Kind of like it just made me wonder. Like who? Who do you speak like, for? These jokes are never funny. Right. Thing. Right. Yeah. It's dam damaging, and and it, it is homophobic. It is, but it was like also um, quite well placed uh, mm. because you're taking a shot at them because as far as they're concerned. Uh, you know, homosexuality is emasculation, right? It's, 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 uh, it's a, it's yeah, I wonder I mean, you, if you wanted to get underneath the skin of somebody like, yeah, Donald throw Trump, it back on their lap, then that would be exactly the yeah. type of thing you would want to do. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. yeah. He was pissed. That came from an angry place. Hmm. Um, but I wouldn't like, I don't, yeah. Um, I didn't see the segment, so I just read the article. Yeah. It was really preachy though. It, it, really preachy. it gives a, yeah. I think Wikipedia is probably the real winner here. Because people immediately took to the internet to find out what the cock, cock holster means. <laughs> <laughs> Google, Google, cock and Wik Wikipedia win again. Yeah. As uh, okay, did he manage to get him, himself out of trouble for making that comment? Or um, I haven't heard. People are talking about him, but I don't think he's make a st made a statement. He's been pr pretty quiet. Yeah. It's a great It'll word. It's a great it's word, though. It is. Cockholster. That might be the, the title of this episode. Cockholster. Cock <laughs> yeah, I, I think I like it. Cockholster. John St. Cockholster. <laughs> so with our to, special guest today, John St. So, Cockholster Third. What is the Esquire. derogatory <laughs> nature of that term that you're the receiver? Yeah, because you are, you're, you're sucking dick. So basically ah. you're submissive. Uh, you take on, and it's it ultimately misogynistic. Too, because you you take on a woman's the female in, role, yeah, yeah woman's which is role. by default mm -hmm. the receiver, right, uh, right, of, and, and of it's all the, of those things. Like right. I agree entirely, but it's it's like yeah, but it's try this on for on yeah. for size. How weird is right it? Back at you, Colbert mm -hmm. is is Christian. Is that is that weird? Yeah, I found it. Yeah, it was kind of off putting to watch him at the beginning when he talked about like teaching Catholic Sunday school and stuff. I don't understand it. I try, I'm trying to be more like, more tolerant. Mm. I, I don't understand that. that he's, I don't understand. <laughs> I don't know what that means, guys. But um, I'm trying to be more tolerant. Um, I'm not. Why? What did you think? I just, well, it's it's it is a little bit. It's just we, odd. It's weird. Yeah. It's it's odd. hard to take somebody seriously. Yeah. When they're yeah, and he's super smart. 
He's yeah. so smart. And I remember he when he was on The Daily Show, he used to have that uh, segment, This Week in God, mm-hmm. where he kind of poked fun at it. Uh, you know, he'd press that button and go like, beep, 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 boop, 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 boop. And then he'd have <laughs> some story about some religious related story but like for him being catholic i, uh, I know but you know, it's it is weird well, I, ta- I i did religious studies at uh, mcgill yeah. and uh i did this course called jesus of nazareth where you 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 pulled apart the new testament like a lawyer would okay right mm-hmm. um and you take uh well, what is authentic and what's been embellished by the early church fathers based on the style of writing mm-hmm. um and Everything. the teacher was fucking brilliant and he was a christian like i I went when I went to to do religious studies. I was agnostic, and when I finished religious studies, I was like atheist. But yeah, I, just I, I keep saying atheist. that. I, I got I a like, how can Catholic you believe education. this? Knowing what you mm. know about how these texts were put together, really? Yeah. And like, I don't know. Like, it would be disappointing if, if Colbert taught uh, like the resurrection, literally, just, literally, you know, and the virgin birth. That would be like really disappointing. I just couldn't. Mm. I couldn't <laughs> believe it. I couldn't believe it because he he does he's done straight faced facetious like you know fake uh, Bill O'Reilly for for so many years right um, when he had the Colbert report that I, I I just it doesn't gel it's something doesn't but make you know sense people to me, have their bubbles right yeah, like my friend my best friend at school who I teach with and I kind of ta- I've taken on this philosophy if you want to call it that but she used to say like I, we would talk about like you know wanting to raise shit at school or something, or like we were hating what's going on at school. And you know, I talked to the principal and I said this, I'm mm-hmm. like, are you crazy? What, what if, you know, she just go bubble, bubble. So that's what maybe, you know, uh, Catholicism is to Colbert. It's like his inner sanctum. Like he's, a he's a categories. Like I, like I don't mind if somebody holds office or I take advice from somebody or, you know, like I can respect somebody who is, you know, part of a, part of a religion, but they're part of it sort of culturally. Right. Or they right. believe that like, some of the stories are, you know... Or they've grown up singing the songs or, or, sure. or repeating the rituals over dinners and stuff. And these are fables that are teaching opportunities right. and like then they go to church right. and clap their hands once a week and right. and they enjoy the community and all that stuff. But if they literally think that like Jesus is coming down to take them, he's coming down to the clouds within the next few years and... At yeah, this point, like, you're I have different. It's like you're part of the yeah. Flat Earth Society. Right. Pretty much. You know, like you should just know, i mean you can believe what yeah. you want to believe but i i don't have to respect your sure yeah i don't have to respect ability your to or i don't have to think. respect your beliefs and, but if right. you're a comedian i mean like that's like the like how you, you your very soul is you've made your whole life about questioning and poking fun at things and debunking them a little bit you know and mm. being disappointed with society there's there's a thread in comedy yeah, about like i doubt your ability to for critical thinking at that right, at yeah. that stage but you know there's all kinds of comedians right True. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But the way you go about it and the way I think about it is like I'm I'm down with that. Yeah, for sure. But yeah. Colbert's been like more than just a comedian in the right. same way that Jon Stewart's like they've taken comedy to like another level. They're right. influencers. Sure. Oh my in, God. In the yeah. age where politics has become ridiculous, where right. journalism is ceasing to exist, Both. they're the ones who are the yeah. who are actually talking straight. About what's know? going on in the world, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. they're like the conscience. Do you know that uh, the... I think he's a s- executive producer of the Colbert Report is um or the or the Colbert Show now is uh, a Montreal guy. Oh, really? Uh, really? Barry Julian. Huh. Huh. He was uh, the head writer on the Colbert Report, and now he's exec producer on the Colbert Show. Uh, he started hmm. doing stand up here in like the nineties. He's killing it. Yeah, left pretty quickly. I guess he wrote a lot for TV, and then uh, he went. He got a job. 
he got hired to work with, oh, fuck, what was that show? Tall, lanky dude, maybe reddish type hair. I think that the Scottish t- guy took over his show. Uh, <laughs> this is me with it's the names. Awesome. Chris. Anyway, anyway, he just signed on with another show and Colbert reached out to him and he had to apologize and say, I got another gig, sorry, but I'm going to take this Come one. Out. Oh, really? Yeah, he wrote for the Colbert Report. Huh. That's, that's a nice yeah. gig. Is yeah. that something that interests you, uh, comedy writing? Um, I don't think I'd be very good at it. Yeah. No, like I don't, I don't know if I'd be. I, I guess I could get good at it if, but you know, I no one's going to hire me to get good at it. Right. Um, but I, I can write for myself. I, I have a hard time writing for. But I mean, other, these other are people. like by committee usually those types of environments, right? Like you're not the only comedian writer, the writer that's usually brought in. There's right. a team. Yeah. There's interns that you can like steal from and <laughs> and badger. <laughs> And uh, it take, can be brutal. Take the credit for it. Can be brutal though too. Abdul wrote for twenty two minutes for two years. Oh. Wrote and did like um, you know interviews. Okay. Yeah. No. I mean that's again most of the knowledge that I have about comedy writing comes from like the Larry Sanders show, which was my favorite show of all time. I don't know if you ever. <laughs> I, I I never like I watched it, but yeah, I never, never really got, got into it. it. Oh and I was God. talking. Yeah. It's even funnier now. Really? Yeah, it's. I mean, it's aged, but it's even it's funnier Rip now. Rip Torn. Oh my God! Right? He's a lunatic um, in it. Uh, what's his Gary name? Gary Shandling and uh, Tall Bald Dude. Um, oh, the guy who's in um, the other show. <laughs> he plays a drag drag queen yeah. in the yeah. other show. Um, what's his name? And uh, he was he was the dad on uh, Arrested Development. That's what I Arrested Development. I don't know what his oh, name shit. is. Um, yeah, I forget. Ginny Garofalo too was on it, maybe. Scott Thompson was a on bunch that? of people, yeah. but but it, it, and a bunch of actors. As, it's the first time actors. How many seasons? Four or five? I feel like two or three, mm. but they were all brilliant. They were all absolutely brilliant, and it's another such a fucking hilariously watchable show because it's all about insecurity. It's all about Gary Shandling just plays this insecure kind of David Letterman character. Jason uh, Bateman. Jason? No, that's no, not the dad. I'm talking about the. Uh, was Jason Bateman in it? Oh, okay. His yes. name's gonna Jeffrey Tambor. Jeffrey Tambor. There, there you go. Yeah. So it's just a. I, I, there's just these amazing, amazing scenes about how they they try to pull rank on each other, but they always have to fall in line because of the <laughs> you know. Well, every once in a while, one of them will. Uh, Jeffrey Tambor's character incidentally is the best because he's kind of like a weird Ed McMahon right. character, uh, who's clearly his star like faded in the seventies or eighties. But he keeps trying to make these, like there's a uh, a day a year where he quits, <laughs> right? And he makes this huge like shit, like That's it, I'm done, I'm out of here. He has a party in the office, they bring him a cake. You know, and, like Jeff, uh, Rip Torn is like, he's always that guy that's about to lose it. You're like, why do you fucking indulge this bullshit that he does? It? He's like, he, he listen, this is good for him. He he leaves the office and then he comes back a couple of weeks later. Let's just let's just he's out of our hair for like two weeks. We can do actually work. And so they indulge him on this fake departure thing. Every and I don't know. It's just it's like a show business slap. I think it was HBO's kind of like first foray into um, comedy, their own content and comedy and stuff. And it did. It's still to to this day. It's it's to me like a masterpiece. I'd watch that. I'd like to go watch that. Yeah, yeah. And like everyone that's now or has been someone in the last 10 years is on that show as a kid, right? Like Jeremy Piven is in there as like a pipsqueak and all these other people that have HBO kind of... Uh, that that wouldn't be bad. HBO would be a nice place to work, I think. Either in comedy... Fire and Hope. Fire and Hope. Either in comedy or working on any of their fucking amazing shows. 
right? It just seems like there's, I mean, Deadwood, all that stuff. That's all HBO, thinking. man. Oz. I don't know if you ever watched Oz. I watched Oz. It was a yeah, hard I show watched to watch. Oz. That was HBO? Yeah, man. Oh, it was, too. Mm. It was one of the first. Was it half an hour? No, it was an hour. It was like 40 minutes. Yeah. But actually, I, I, I was telling Richard about this. When I binged through Oz, it was the last of the DVD era, the last of the video stores. Right. Like, they were closing. Right. So at this, this point, you could rent a season for five bucks and keep it for three days, right? So I started binge watching Oz, but the, this lying. show predates the online content by about five years. Wow. And as I started watching them, I realized you're not supposed to watch back-to-back Oz episodes. No, you are not. You are not supposed to watch two, three, four episodes in a row like you would in Netflix. It real fast. You were supposed to have that week of, of, of like... Oh, really? Because other, you're just like, it's just like raping each other, shivving, right. feeding each other broken glass, triple betrayal. I can see the characters, but I can't remember any It was brutality. It's that long. It just yeah. One episode always had at least one person. Who's the bald dude that uh, mm-hmm. was in that? The white guy. The, the He's in, done a lot lately. He was in that movie about the jazz drummer. He was like yeah. the jazz drummer or teacher dude. Jeez, I suck he's really today. good. He's very good. Yeah. Um, he, yeah. He, he's uh, excellent. I, kind of, I got some name. What are the characters' names? The black dudes. Uh, Adebisi. 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, that he was like. And one guy. Man. J.K. The tall guy who converted to Islam. Yeah, there was a bunch of really good storylines, but the brutality of it was like, it was fascinating to see how the show was clearly not like. Now, if you watch 50 Law & Order episodes back-to-back, mm-hmm. which isn't it like a fine bourbon? I don't know if you like Law & Order. No, I don't like it. I don't like too much episodic stuff. I could literally just really? strip down into my underwear, order out, and for four days straight, upside down with my head like hanging off the couch, I could just watch tong tong like Law & Order episodes. <laughs> really? And feel like it's just... It's but just doesn't everything a, get wrapped up by the end of the episode? That's the beauty of it. Mm-hmm. Is it's twists and turns, but you're like, oh, half hour mark. They're so going do you to find yourself? <laughs> are you always, are you always predicting? And yeah, but you don't. Not with that show. That show, you know what's going on. You just let go. You just ride the snake. You know, you just like let. You just let it happen. But what if the snake goes always goes goes to the same place? It's okay. Sometimes like you up want your it. Pant legs. Sometimes that's where you want it. <laughs> up your pant leg. Sometimes you want a little bit of. Sometimes you want the snake up your fuck. <laughs> Here's and the know thing about that it's going to come back. <laughs> exactly. Sometimes it's exactly where you want it. I don't know. Predictable is good sometimes. You know, there's shows like that that you're. Yeah, like, I suppose, and some. I think you don't even realize that it's predictable, but it is kind of maybe. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean. Like there's structure. Yeah. I don't recognize. I'm not very good at stepping back and recognizing structures. When you of watch shows. like Better Call Saul, like yeah, you you kind of know what. It's you're another in for. one I started too. Mm-hmm. I'm fucking half an episode in. Yeah. Still kind of feeling a little bit bad about bus- bursting your bubble on the uh, undercover boss thing. Oh, that's okay. <laughs> no, that's okay. The world is lies. <laughs> The world is like funny guy, but it's kind of dumb. <laughs> <laughs> we like him, but he's not as smart as <laughs> so we prefer his jokes, just one joke after the other. So, uh, speaking of which, uh, apart from these shows you got coming up, uh, is the summer heating up for you for with the festivals coming and stuff like that? Uh, I no, I mean, I well, last year I heard back from Just for Laughs in uh, June, okay, and didn't. At that point, expect to hear it or know if there's going to be a Montreal show. And I don't know this year. Like they, they kind of. We hope so. Yeah. There's been a Montreal show for the last two years. And the serious thing. You, you did you did you? Uh, did I you submitted. Yeah, I, I submitted something that I that was old. I didn't want to. Yeah. Because you know I didn't I didn't like the other one that I, yeah I submitted and I don't know um, yeah 
There's so some we'll killer see. acts coming at it. Like I saw some killer like uh, finalist videos from uh, like oh, yeah. clinics. Oh yeah, good yeah. Toronto comedians, like Vancouver comedians, like people. You know, there's a whole world of Canadian Speaking comedians of which, outside of this uh, city. Habib was at abroad last Sunday. Cool. Yeah, I missed him. I saw him do like three quarters of a show, but I had to take off. But he 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 has leveled up. Really, like, he was always good. But whatever he's been doing out in Toronto, like he he brought this this he felt like a headliner. Wow. And usually he's very sort of. Um, uh, low key and mm-hmm. kind of friendly, you know, fidgeting with the mic stand. Now he kind of was like he headlined that motherfucker. Like I, I really yeah. saw something. Wow, that's Toronto. Yeah, that's Toronto. Some, it's because I guess you can just do like a bazillion clubs <coughs> in a week. Well, plus you know? you've got to step it up because uh, there's just the quality of comedians there are so much uh, higher. It's, it's the, the, and the they have and they're they have energy and they bring it. You know, and uh-huh. fuck, this is a village, right? You know. And people come out mm. to, I guess, to support. But anyway, I was really happy to shout out to Habib. Um, really impressed. I was that's like, awesome. fuck, that's cool. He really, like, he owned the room. Good and, for him, uh, man. Uh, now I want to go uh, see what's going on in Toronto for a little while. But I don't want to live there. I just don't want to live in Toronto. I don't. I don't uh, it's, it's a depressing place for me. It's a great place <laughs> no. to visit. Like, I love going there. I'm like, cool. It's like, you know, <coughs> look around, go to restaurants. And, uh, oh. Um, I kind of had a love, um, but living there, I don't know. Love, not hate, but we got sick. We used to go all the time, and we and we really liked it when we first started going there uh-huh. for like maybe three, four years because we had a friend's place we could stay at twice a year. Um, and then after a while, it, it kind of um, the the I don't know the honeymoon wore off, and wore we off, just yeah. started seeing shit that I didn't like and, and well, appreciated Montreal. A lot of Montrealers <laughs> that have moved out there have told me that there's also a thing. There's an institutionalization that happens in Quebec, like you get institutionalized. Like you just, you think that you're going to hate Toronto just because you're from Montreal <laughs> and then you go out there and if you can afford to pay for your things, you yeah. you, you realize why the fuck was I back there for so long? Like mm-hmm. everything is happiness here and it over there was misery. And you know, every time I like is from a comedian, every time I stepped up, I had to wonder how many people don't understand what the fuck I'm saying or how many people resent me for speaking in English in this at this show? Or oh, can I order this drink now? And am I gonna get some fucking look now because it's in French and English? Blah, blah, blah. And he's like, the uh, and then going to Toronto and suddenly realizing that's not an issue anymore. Mm. Everybody speaks the same language. Yeah. And just when you accept that, then you realize nobody speaks the same language because every <laughs> every neighborhood, you literally you walk down some streets and it's like you're in Korea, and then you turn the corner and you're in Somalia. Somalia, Pakistan, mm-hmm. like you just, and there's no, you know. Wow. But so, yeah, I, I'm going to check it out at some point. I wanna, I'm going to wait till my kids I want to go back. I have to, I have to go spend a, at least a week there and, and do clubs because, you know, you have to get to meet, to know people there. Yeah. There's way more, co- that's where the industry is and that's where the better comics are and you want to meet better comics and do better shows ultimately, yeah. right? So you just show up, ask to get on a show and do your thing and meet yeah. people meet people I mean even if it wasn't if it wasn't, <coughs> it wasn't Toronto it just it just getting out there is is kind of makes sense mm-hmm. to see the world and to have a a bigger perspective than those five clubs and stuff like yeah. that but I'm yeah I'm trying to pace myself but at the same time I, I my appetites are growing and with every set that I go up I'm like mm, I want to go further I mm, go, that's I wanna, cool that's so good we'll see we'll see what comes of it yeah so uh, alright uh, vacation plans no. 
May, well, maybe, maybe August. Last summer I went to Cuba because, you know, I had, I have July and August. Yes. And I love the beach and I have to go away. I thought you were like, you know, because I'm gay. Cuba. No. Cuba. <laughs> <laughs> no, because I'm Francophone. <laughs> Cuba. I'm from Quebec. Cuba. Quebec from Cuba. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, it was just like um, 90% Francophones in a Cuban resort, which the, the room was sucked, but the ocean was wonderful. It was like yeah, 700 bucks for a week. You Having said that, that, I wouldn't go back there. <laughs> I'd like to go someplace a bit nicer. There's where nothing I know the worse where conditioning is going to work. Then yeah, going that far to running running into the same people that you left behind like that's horrible. Well, yeah, not even rec- <laughs> not not even not recognizing people, but it's just like yeah, yeah everyone like, from Montreal and Quebec. I, I want to be with you. I want to go away from you. <laughs> I, wanted, I wanted to be culturally on vacation too. That's it. And va- right? Well, I mean, you're not going to get that in Cuba unless you go to Havana or, sure. or get out, right? But on the bright side, you might be able to pick up a set. Pick up in Cuba? Cuba? Oh, down there because of all the Quebecers. Hey, (laughs) I know a guy who bought something today with money. (laughs) I don't don't know what Cuban humor must be like. Fidel, Fidel. Anyways, (laughs) it's true. It's true. It's just more Quebec humor. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, What about you? You you have any vacation plans? No, I just got back. So. Oh, that's true. You had a little. Okay. Where'd you go? Portugal. Really? Yeah, went for a couple. The Algarve. Uh, yeah, we did the Algarve. Had we you did. been before? Uh, no, no, first time. Oh, I've never been. I did Spain and stuff, but people say wonderful things about Portugal. Oh, yeah, Portugal's the shit. Really? Yeah, very affordable, too. Really? Very cool, yeah. Yeah, we did, like, the Oh, whole that's good country. to know, because I want to, you know, I want to go get out and go back one day, and I'd like to go someplace I haven't been. And you yeah. can drive the whole, uh, the whole thing. Oh, yeah? Yeah, top to bottom, like, it's like driving to Toronto. And it's, uh, it's not... Really expensive either. That's no, great. No, it's yeah, great. we forget. The food's how, amazing. Uh, you eat well. You drink. Well. I realize tonight I've been talking like a seventies FM DJ. It's my energy <laughs> level. Oh, the Wolfman. Sorry Ow. about that, but oh, so did you go to the Algarve? Yeah. Oh yeah. What do cool. I know about? I want to go there. You know it. All right. Well, John, it's always a pleasure to have Thanks you. Thanks for having me. It's good to see you guys yeah, again. Uh, I love it. We needed to get start back with uh, with a with a good one, and I'm glad you can make it out. So oh, it's my pleasure. Thanks for having me. So, yeah, I hope to see you out doing shows. Absolutely. All right. All right. Thanks, Fire guys. Fire in the hole. Fire in the hole. Fire in the hole. Fire in the hole. Fire in the hole.